And now, coming to you from the 2018 World Science Fiction Convention in San Jose, California, it's Jonathan Strand and Gary K. Wolf with very special guests, Karen Joy Fowler and James Patrick Kelly on the Coochie Podcast. And we're back. We're back with uh, two people who've just been apparently on a panel about teaching at Clarion and have probably said everything you want to say about teaching at Clarion, except we're going to make you say it again. And I'm going to start with an interesting question because there was a young writer who I met who was at this year's ICFA, who won the Crawford Award, mm. uh, who had been at the University of Iowa, Iowa workshop and at Clarion. And it was interesting to listen to her talk about how she learned the stuff at Clarion that nobody at Iowa ever thought about mentioning to her. Mm. And so my question is, choosing between getting in an MFA program and going to Clarion, what would you tell a young writer to do? Well, um, you know, I teach at an MFA program, so I, <laughs> I, I do have some, some ideas about this. Uh, Clarion is, in some ways, like an MFA concentrated into six weeks. Uh, the MFA I teach at is uh, four residencies of 10 days and uh, then two years of uh, correspondence with a mentor. So it's a... Um, in some ways, it's it's very similar. I think the uh, uh, the, cl- the advantage of Clarion is it fits into people's lives better, uh, mm-hmm. and it costs less. But it also is a thing where, and, and it happens all the time. It happened to me where you go six weeks and you get great advice, and it just sort of like you try to write it all, all down, and it doesn't get into your head exactly right. And two years later, you hear what some very smart person said. Uh, at workshop, you finally understand what that meant. And so uh, there's more time for reflection in an MFA. Um, and, and you, you know, you get a degree if you think you're going to teach, maybe that's the thing to do. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, when I went to Clarion in 1974 and 76, I didn't, there was no MFAs for the likes, the grimy likes of mm-hmm. science fiction yeah, writers. Right. So Clarion was it. And, and, and I think. I think it, I'm better off to have gone to Clarion than to the MFA, in my opinion. What led you to go back in 76? Wasn't the first one any good? No, it wasn't. It was sort of, <laughs> I failed to take. Well, so, okay, so I, I have to go through this every time I tell this, but it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, Clarion at the start was not necessarily a one-time thing. Yeah. And so it started in 1968, and several people were going on for multiple years. Um, and, uh, and Damon and Kate said no. Uh, so the first time I went 74 was the last was the cut up no no one's coming back again and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I needed to come back and, and so I went the first time for the craft and so it was an amazing learning experience the second time it was sort of uh, the commitment I was going to make to bail out my career and become a writer so the second time I went the business I was working for knew I was never I was not a serious I was not going to be their director of public relations someday. I was going to always have this other thing. And so it was sort of a mutual, it's a mutual way for me and them to understand what, what I was doing. I still worked there for a while after it, but not that long. And it was for me to say to myself and to my family, I'm really going to go, take a shot at this writing thing. But having said that, um, and, and, and Karen knows this as well, so people go to Clarion all the time, and then or people go to Odyssey, which is a very similar program, mm-hmm. and then they go to Clarion. I'm not sure people are going to Clarion West and Clarion, but nonetheless, people go to Clarion, then go to Walter John's, Tao's Toolbox, so mm-hmm. there is an infrastructure of, of helping people who didn't get it all in the first Clarion to do other stuff. What's okay. your experience with uh, Clarion? And you've talked 
more traditional writing mm. programs as well. Yes, I've, so. I've, um, I've, I've done a fair bit of intermittent teaching now. Mm. Um, mostly when I teach, um, although I have done a few college classes, mostly I teach adults who are you know mm. who have a weekend or a week or six weeks um, and um, and want to spend it in that way. Um, I I I have to confess uh, in a way I, tr- I tried to talk about on the earlier panel that I find Clarion mysterious mm. in a few ways. I did not go myself, um, nor did I take an MFA program, so um, I've got no inside experience. Um, but um, I I feel that um, that when I teach at Clarion that that is simultaneously the most work I ever do as a teacher. Mm. That it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of insane what is expected of you during that week. It's, it's pretty much for, for that week, you are on all hours of the day uh, in one way or another. Um, and I, I, you know, that's that's difficult. And the older I get, the more difficult it becomes. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, simultaneously, it's by far my favorite place to teach. Mm. I if, don't know if anybody's run the statistics, but I always suspected, just looking at everybody I know as a Clarion graduate, that it has to have a higher batting average of successful published oh, writers think, than almost any single MFA program. I think it must as well. Um, I'm, I'm astonished. I mean, you heard... Uh, on the panel, Christian Coleman listing the people, and he was 2013, and the people mm. from his class who've been publishing, right. and it's, you know, it's most mm. of the class. I was saying to uh, some folks from 2015 who were in one of my classes I was teaching there that I couldn't have gotten into Clarion. 22-year-old Jim Kelly could not have gotten into the 2015 class, and part of that is is that Clarion now has a is, has such a reputation and it seems so important to people and it is important to people that people who are publishing regularly are going to Clarion and when I went to Clarion in 74 none of us had sold anything uh, and and so and I've taught that Clarion as well and I've watched as the years have passed that more and more people who have published then go on to Clarion I've had people who've sold books go to Clarion you know and so I mean I, I understand why that's important but it also strikes me as not unfair but unfortunate it's a troubling yeah. I think too yeah. and the other thing um, is that we get now so many applicants who ha- have done other workshops I mean um, you know we get people who have been to the Iowa workshop and right. now are doing Clarion right. uh, and also in the other direction and and for me, the difficulty with this is that when you're trying to assess an applicant, um, you could be looking at someone you know whose work is extremely polished because they are very experienced workshoppers, but they're kind of working at the top of their game right. already, mm-hmm. and Clarion is not <clears throat> going to really provide to them what it might provide to somebody whose work is far less accomplished, and right. yet... They've not been doing the workshops, and and the potential for them to make an enormous leap is there. And and to you know ascertain um, who who is going to really benefit from being a clarion has become more and more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. I feel. What do you think clarion 
is for and should be for? I mean, do you think that... I mean, it sounds like it's changed over time the way it's being used by the people who enroll enroll for it. And, and this is a huge commitment. It's what a six-week writing workshop. Right. You're yes. there, right. live in the whole yes. time. Pretty, right. pretty hefty tuition right. as well. Mm. And, you know, I, to I get, our what, regret. What, I, get what, I get what you're alluding to, the world where Clarion was... Basically, you're a kid who wants to wants to learn this. Right. You don't know whether you're 18 or 20 or whatever else. You don't really know it. You go to find out. Mm-hmm. But when you come along and you're already 30 published stories into a career, mm-hmm. you know, is it actually a writing workshop? What, what do you think it becomes? I think that um, that this hypothetical and not so hypothetical student who is already fairly established in a career is still not the norm. Yeah. That, right. um, that I think Margot Lanigan told me she went to Clarion after she after she was Margot Lanigan. Right. And I think she had already published White Time when she went to Clarion, I think. Yeah. Or, or they were the stories. It was one of those weird Clarion. things where she went to Clarion and two years later was teaching at Clarion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Alan Clay just sort of the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. Um You've heard this, and whether you believe it or not, uh, there's some science behind it that it's the sort of uh, uh, the thousand, the ten thousand words, and half a million words of of crap that you need to write. But more importantly, is that that sort of ten year window of between the time you commit to writing and the time you achieve what what some scientists have called mastery, which who knows what that is. But there is that that gap, and if you're there slogging along all by yourself in your room, uh, it's going to probably take that 10 years. And what an MFA or a clarion does is accelerate that that learning time because part of what the, the, the theory of this, uh, uh, of, of the 10-year thing is that the way you get better is to have feedback and practice continually. So you can practice continually, but you can't get feedback. Uh, you could have, you know, your local workshop and maybe they'll have some people giving you uh, giving some good advice, but the the feedback that you get at Clarion and the post Clarion groups that form, uh, we hear again and again how people graduate mm-hmm. from Clarion. It's like going through the trenches together. We survived the war, and now we're all veterans, and so we're all going to workshop some more. That feedback loop uh, uh, goes beyond the six weeks, and it really does accelerate that that you know long slog from from learning how to write a beginning, middle, and end to learning how to write, you know, publishable stories that get in best of the years and have, and lead to a career. Do you think it's less genre-oriented than it might have been back at the beginning? The reason I mention that is because, right. Karen, you said it was mysterious, and so I've always tried to figure it out, and a few years ago, Kate Wellam wrote a book about Milford and Clarion, yeah. which didn't give away any secrets at all. I mean, it had some nice tips on... But the sense I got when, when going back to Milford before Clarion, that there was a time where you were teaching people to sell for three or four markets, you were t- they were going to write science fiction or fantasy or horror as it looked in the 60s. And now uh, there's not any coherent field at all. There, markets are all over the place, mainstream, slipstream. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so is it just a writing workshop now that where everybody writes something with some fantastic element in it? Uh, I think um, I, I wanted to say something on the um, previous question, which I think <clears throat> will connect okay. to this question, um, I hope, um, which is that one of the things that I think we try to do at Clarion is to um, raise your ambitions right. for mm-hmm. your own work so that um, uh, people might come in um, 
writing, you know, perfectly publishable stories, but they're not memorable stories. Mm-hmm. They're not idiosyncratic stories. They're not passionate stories. Right. And and if you are writing and selling, um, where do you go to be told actually? This is not good enough right. yet. Um, yeah. th- you know, you, this is not who you can can become if you if you try harder at it. So um, I think what I feel um, in the work that I've seen in the more recent Clarions is um, uh, just that it's it's weirder. Yeah. Than, okay, um, that's, that's kind of what I would imagine. Yeah, than what you are, um, and I think I, I think Andy Duncan talked about this. I may be um, somebody else may have coined the phrase, but it, it, it's the small beerification of the <laughs> yeah, right. of the genre, um, hmm. which is um, uh, and I and I know Andy Duncan in, in week one a few years ago said to everybody. Okay, you're all trying to be Kelly Link, but that ro- that job is taken. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've got to figure out yeah. how to be you. Well, um, I've been reading applications since we moved it to San to Diego, San Diego yeah. and so one thing I definitely see is uh, Captain evaporating genres. Uh, <laughs> this is the the genres are evaporating, and so lots of people come in. Some people want to, and and that's what Clarion is for. Some people want to write their Kelly Link story and then they want to write a Connie Willis mm-hmm. story and then they want to write their own story and then they want to write the you know there's no rules at Clarion uh, and and if you if you throw a romance in, in, in week four in Clarion people will sort of like mm. tilt their head and then they'll talk about it and, and so I think that this is one of the things is that uh, 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 there is room for experimentation and the genre is experimenting mm. so part of Clarion's role is to help people who want to experiment find the way to experiment profitably. But this also this just mirrors what's going on, right? Yeah. In the, you know, in, but, in the. But, but I, I know from again having talked to people who are back at Clarion, the the legend of Clarion for decades was you don't want to be the one who teaches the week after Harlan does. <laughs> but but even Harlan, they were always saying this is this is what you can sell to Terry Carr. This is what you can sell. But there were only a handful of editors to worry about. Right. And now, uh, and, and and Karen, you must have people coming in thinking you're, you're somebody who's, who gets you know nominated for major awards, mainstream bestsellers, this sort of thing. Um, and can I do that? Can I learn that from Clarion? Um, it, it just seems to me that it's so broad now that how can even a range of teachers cover everything the students want to do? Well, I think, at least when I teach, and um, I will let Jim address this question too, but um, I am not focused on telling them how to write stories that will sell. Right. Mm. I am trying to focus on telling them what I think makes their work special and memorable mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know how to write a story that I think is really a spectacular story and and honestly sometimes somebody writes a story I think is a spectacular story and no one will buy it which mm-hmm. is right. uh, an unfortunate fact <laughs> um, but um, you know there, there are often a kind of story that I think sells more easily but again you know you'll read it in a magazine you'll never think about it again mm. and then a story that does something really peculiar 
um, may you know may just make an editor too uncomfortable or um, uh, or, or, or I don't know. It, it actually, I, I think it's a more valuable story, and yet it a, mm. appears to be a harder story to get anyone to take a chance on. That's funny, you know. So I would, I would not disagree, but talk about the focus of a uh, of a Clarion versus an MFA program. Mm-hmm. In an MFA program, Karen's approach is very much the way most people think about an MFA program, and that's fine because you got. Two years to, to, to experiment, yeah. but you know I have to say that in my opinion, uh, most of us all when when I teach a clarion and people come into my office uh, for the one on ones, they want to know, have, am I, is, you know, what's going to happen after clarion? Are any of these stories going to sell? Because that's the that's they're beyond the. I try to become no, not beyond that. They're they're more interested in some ways of okay. So I laid out all this money and I and I and I rolled the dice in my life and I want to become a writer. Is any of this stuff going to sell? So I will become a writer. And and so the fact that you know in an MFA program you say well you are a writer because we let you in and we told you you're mm-hmm. a writer. So let's work on our writing thing. Uh, is is in some ways they get a little impatient with that. Um, but but I, I do think that, that 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 they're interested in knowing where if you in, in a one on one situation okay so where can I sell where should I send this story is yeah. the question where where should I send this and I say well I don't know <laughs> small beer you know but, <laughs> yeah. but 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 for some people and and in some ways they're the lucky ones who are writing in a very specific. Uh, stories very specifically aimed at genre. They're writing science fiction. They're writing a horror story. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so y- you you don't get it in a Met Bay program. People saying, well, you know, you could send this to Cemetery Dance. Nobody knows what Cemetery Dance is. Or you could send mm-hmm. this to small. You could send this to Lady Churchill's. Or you could send this to Lightspeed. And that kind of advice, although. When your instructor says to send it to Lightspeed and JJ doesn't want it, is oh. you know is one two different things. But nonetheless, and, and in some ways, I, I will say to, to Jonathan, that's one of the things that 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 um, that students will look for when you teach Clarion, and that is, can you not can you buy my story, but can you tell me as an editor how this would appeal? Because not only do you know what you'd sure. be interested in, but you know the editor editorial tastes of other people too. Sure. I, mean, I guess from my perspective, what I would want to try to teach them isn't the answer to exactly that question. It's how to actually assay the, sure. the answer themselves, mm-hmm. to actually look, look at work and how to analyze a market and what the editor's been buying in the past and then be able to make some kind of a match between what they're doing and what people are actually buying. Right. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, you can turn and say, well, once upon a time between Gordon Van Gelder and FNSF will buy that in a minute right. and doesn't touch it. Right. Um, and, you know, the stuff that comes to me where people go, well, sure, he's going to buy that. And yeah. Like, well, no, I'm not going to buy that either because I, it turns out I, I have nine of those or yeah. I don't mm-hmm. buy that one or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I and, guess, you know, I, I certainly don't want to give the impression that I am unwilling to talk about marketing markets, right. and, uh-huh. and markets because I do try to do that. But I feel um, I don't want them to write a story aimed at a market. Right. I want them to write a story and then we'll figure mm-hmm. out right. what the market might be. And that was very much Damon and Kate's idea about what was going to happen to Clarion. And that's why, uh-huh. you know, at, back in the in the dawn of time, they would say, oh, this is a Clarion story, which is, oh, it's not aimed at any particular market. So we're, we're, well, how does it fit in? And I think that was sort of the, baked into the, you know, DNA of the, of the workshop. Do you ever get students who just want to write 
your ordinary analog story, the kind, the kind of thing that fills up magazines over decades that are never headlined, and you always see these names. And I, I'm not going to mention any more than but is that too low an ambition? If somebody just wants to be a commercial writer, can they? Uh, are you going to try to teach them that they ought to have higher ambitions for themselves? I'm gonna. Um, I, I'm gonna try to. Um, I'm going to try to help them write the story they want to write. Right. And so, you know, if if they've got a genuine love of those stories, then that's where they sh- should be working, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it just to get a sale, um, uh, I, I, I guess I'm uncomfortable with that. I know um, Ted Chang came and spoke to Clarion West a couple of times ago when I taught there. And he talked a lot about um, about this issue and about mm. um, you know you know not uh, well about not putting the kind of pressure on your writing that expecting to make a living mm. at it does mm. that you know that you should have another way to support yourself so that your writing is free in, in of that of that kind of pressure and. Um, and I thought he was extremely persuasive, but several of the students afterwards said, "Well, yeah, if you're Ted Chang, sure, that works." <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not Ted Chang, so. Well, there's also the fact that we're living in a different world now. Back in the '50s or '60s, when when Silverberg or Ellison had to publish a hundred stories a year just to get, they they were they were writers. They were not authors. They were simply selling whatever they could to, to make money. And I think that on, in terms of short fiction, that's not even likely anymore mm. for anybody. Well, you know, I think one of the things is that <laughs> from reading the submission menus, the applications, there are very few people who go into Clarion who are totally locked into like writing science fiction, yeah, right. space science fiction, or cyberpunk, or steampunk. There's very few people who, who get in who are just doing one thing. As a matter of fact, lots of times you see people trying to split the difference and so send, send something really hardcore science-y and then, you know, uh, some more slipstream. Yeah. But Apparently, the, Clarion West just has one story for their... Yeah, I know. That's really harsh. Yeah. We have two. But, but I have to say that one of the things that, that I think I find myself and for many other student, uh, teachers is we try to create we try to challenge them so you got a guy who's writing other but you know military science fiction he's selling the analog okay great so god damn it write me a love story set uh, you know in in a fantasy world and, and so why would you do that because you're good at that but you're not here just to do what you're good at. You're here to challenge yourself. So the, 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 the idea that you would challenge a student to have a profitable failure, I think, is, is also baked into the, the, the DNA of, of Clarence. you got six weeks. Don't write six stories that are the same. Try to write a different story every time. And, and if you flop, well, learn from your, your failure. If, a, if you have a story that you write and you... Because one of the things is you can't... Overthink it. There's no time to overthink That's, it. Yeah. You're, you're, on Tuesday, you've got to turn in a story on Friday. and Otherwise, you're going to miss your chance to, to workshop. So go ahead and take a chance, even if it just feels like throwing stuff at the wall. So it's one of the most important things to teach at Clarion, Clarion that you should be willing to fail. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you, know, you look at something and you see, this seems like a series of very safe choices. And when you hear people talk about building a career, they're looking for the safest path to build a career 
And yet it seems to me when I think about people I know who have been very successful, mm. whether it be critically or commercially, right. it's that kind of, well, I just threw it against the wall and tried, and I didn't know if I could do that. And it also seems to me that if you don't do that thing you didn't know how you could do, that you right. could do right. you'd never be able to do the next thing. Right. You know, so it seems to me that that's got to be baked into what you want to do at somewhere like Clarion. And you know, one of the things that happens is that the students challenge each other. Mm-hmm. You know, as they, you know, they, they say, well, for one thing, that sometimes they collaborate, which can be disastrous, but it also can be very useful. But they will say, you know, what, they're sitting around, we're not around, the teachers are not around, they're sitting around at 12 or 30 in the morning, and, and, and they're just changing and shooting ideas back and forth at each other and you know a persuasive group of students will say well, we could all write a story about werewolves in space mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know somebody will write one and then all of a sudden there'll be another werewolf in space or, or, or some teacher will say oh you can't write a werewolf in space story there's no there's no future in that and they'll all say oh yeah watch us and we'll all write werewolves in space stories Margaret, so, Margaret Atwood was right you guys are responsible for the squids in space <laughs> renaissance <laughs> there we go <laughs> but one of the things I hear we like squids yeah, yeah squids, squids are, are cool and yeah. there, actually there are a couple of good squids in space <laughs> <laughs> but one of the complaints I hear about MFA programs, and probably, and we probably shouldn't talk necessarily about Stone Coast or because, or, or UC Riverside or, or Kansas with kids, Johnson. Seton Hill, or, Seton Hill. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of places that are sympathetic. But the complaint I hear is that for 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 a decade, you went to any MFA program and you were taught to be Raymond Carver. <sighs> Um, and, and then people discovered that what, Raymond Carver didn't really cut those stories down to what they were himself anyway. Right. So yeah, uh, even Raymond Carver wasn't Raymond, Raymond Carver. Raymond Carver wasn't Raymond Carver. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and the number of stories, nightmare stories, I've heard of genre writers going through traditional programs uh, and and basically having genre beat out of them. Right. Uh, is, is, is kind of terrifying. And when you mentioned. Um, you, you mentioned cemetery dance, and I, may, maybe both of you. I'm sure, Jim, you've been to uh, the AWP, the Association of Writing. Programs. Actually, I never have because those guys don't like genre. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, I, there, there was an odd experience. I've only been to like two or three world horror conventions, right? And the world horror convention zines have the lowest expectations of anybody in genre. They have these tiny AWP is just like world horror, yeah. except. For AWP, they all dream about getting into New Yorker, and World Horror, they all dream about getting into Cemetery Dance. Right. And nobody wants to do any more than that. Right. So, so I think that one of the things that uh, I, I constantly hear as, as a, in praise of Clarion is the fact that you're talking to a bunch of different writers with different styles and different attitudes, right. whereas in an MFA program, you've got two or three instructors that you have to please over a period of two right. years. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's the that is the problem with MFA programs, which you know, not to put to find a point on it. There's really only a handful of MFA programs I would recommend to anyone writing a genre. Now, I ab- absolutely know uh, one of my former students uh, from Clarion went to Iowa and did very well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know, I think, in, and I think that's changing. But it's not changing universally, and they still will. Uh, uh, I was listening to a podcast where uh, where people were talking about complaining about this exact thing. I went, I went horror stories. I went to an MFA program and they wouldn't let me write ghost stories. I went mm-hmm. to an MFA program and they, they said I can't write science fiction. And so, um, I, Clarion 
that prejudice is totally not part of Clarion. And there's no prejudice at Clarion against the person who decides to write a mainstream story, you know, any mm-hmm. week. Uh, that's fine. That, that happens. And sometimes... Yeah, not week after week. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Once. Yeah. Once, yeah. So which week is the hardest? Uh, traditionally, the fourth week is considered to be the hardest. Yeah. That um, the people have just exhausted themselves. That um, they are... Um, Feeling that they will never leave this room, um, that they will never see their loved ones again, that um, the people they find themselves holed up with in the bunker are annoying in any number of ways. And, uh, and, you know, there are certainly exceptions, but if something is likely to go wrong, it's likely to happen in the fourth week. By the fifth week, you know, everything turns and you start to see that you are, in fact, the the time is mm. coming to a close. You adore everybody you're in the bunker <laughs> with, and now you're going to be saying goodbye to Tearful them. farewell yeah. time, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, when I talk to a few people who've been through Calarian, what they talk about more than anything that they uh, gained in terms of writing stories or anything else is the social connection, the sense of community, mm, right. the, the the age cohort or whatever, even if they're not physically the same age, the right. actual career age cohort, how important do you think that that is? And does that extend to the tutors as well? I think it's, I think it's very important, and I think it's a, a double-edged sword in some ways, because, you know, on the one hand, you do have this cohort to whom you, you know, unless something has gone horribly wrong, which does happen... Um, you feel very deeply connected. You feel they know you, the real you mm. in a way that mm. you know the rest of the world does not know the real you. Um, and they are very invested in your success and your career. Um, um, but it also gives you this sort of um, unfortunate measuring yep. stick that mm. you know you do not want to be the last person unpublished in your clarion class, and so. You know, as you see other members of your class uh, begin to publish, begin to get noticed, um, you know, the, the, the kind of anxiety over the fact that that is not happening to you, I think, um, as I said, is unfortunate and, you know, um, pointless, a pointless thing to worry about, yeah. and yet in, an inevitable thing to feel. So what? clearing creates delayed depression? Yeah, oh, I wouldn't later. say delay. Yeah. Okay, it's immediate. <laughs> About week four, I think. <laughs> four years later, it turns into utter despair. Yeah. Right. And, and we shouldn't... This is a thing that's really hard uh, for writer writing teachers to say. But the fact of the matter is that some people go to Clarion, they never publish. Or mm-hmm. they publish one story and stop. And the fact that they went through this amazing experience... I mean, I got up there at this... this panel I was just on and said it changed my life and it changed my life but then someone else who goes to Clarion and, and doesn't publish it's it's I feel bad that they that they have an adjustment to make to say oh I failed in, in, in the thing I my, my dream did not come true mm-hmm. my life is, is is you know flat for now forever on. and I think that's wrong I think one of the things to think about Clarion or an MFA is that you may find out alas after much expenditure of funds, that you weren't cut out to be a writer. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you happy. Uh, it, it, you don't have that drive that it takes and that thin, thick skin that it takes to become a writer. 
and so and so I feel unfortunate. I mean, you sometimes see at a at a world con, especially where a class reunites, and the ones that are doing fine are happy, and they're hey, we're, we're, and then there's the people who have stopped writing. They have come to be with their cohort and to rekindle that camaraderie. But on the other hand, as they look at their futures, they don't see a future in which they're writing. And that's and I, I, I always feel bad, especially for MFA students, because they laid out serious though, but for, for Clarion students as well, is that were their dreams crushed? No. Move on. Have a different part of your life. Not everyone who goes to Clarion has a career. And, and I'm not sure what the, you know, every year is going to be different. If it's 50%, I think that's that's maybe... That's huge compared to MFA programs. Yeah, but still, that's half a... Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I, I had Dora Goss as a student of mine, and now is my mm-hmm. colleague at Stone Coast. She used to say, well, when people tell me that, you know, the person next to me isn't going to make, make it, and I, it, well, half the people will make it, and the person oh, next yeah. to me is probably not going to make it, I say, geez, too bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it. Right. That's my... <laughs> You know, which might be the difference. I guess a question for both of you: what do you What do you think someone who's sitting down, I guess, about now to pull out an application form and begin the process to you know to, to apply for next year's Clarion? What should they reasonably expect at the end of it? Because it sounds like there's got to be a lot of unrealistic expectations coming in, yeah. and it seems like it's worth worth saying like it's not necessarily going to do this or this or this, but it should do that. Mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, and I, you know, I, I don't think this just has to do with Clarence. I think it has to do with sort of anybody who dreams yeah. of being a writer and and puts in the work and makes the sacrifices. That um, that you can't um, you can't come in with a clear idea of what your career is going to right. look like. Mm. You have to be, you know, that. Mm. Um, I, you know, um, because I'm very failure-averse, you know, when I first decided that I would be a writer, it was a very scary thing to decide Mm. because it was so obvious that um, it might not happen. Mm. And and so, you know, I I always had very low expectations. I thought, you know, if I just sell one story somewhere, sometime... That would be great. Um, and then I sold one story, and I thought, you know, if I just got a, uh, on the Nebula ballot, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, and then I thought, you know, if I just won the Man Booker, that would be great. Uh, but, you know, um, that m- many things. I mean, um, it, you know, one of the things that, that I try to talk about, hopefully not in a terribly discouraging way, is that anybody's career, anybody that I know of, or maybe I'm just talking about my career, um, involves an enormous amount of failure and rejection. Mm. And that has continued, you know, to, to this day. Um, I am qu- quite likely to be rejected when I uh, send a story somewhere. Mm. So um, it's, you know, uh, uh, sometimes when I'm, I'm doing an event and I'm introduced and I hear this list of prizes and recognition I can't tell you how estranged I feel from that that. description Uh of me where I think man 
it didn't feel like it. This look, it sounds like I just went from triumph to mm. triumph. You know, it mm. sure didn't but feel also, that sure, way. But also, you're not sitting down to write in the morning mm. with that in your mind. No, yeah. absolutely not. You're still that person from back then. Yes, going, I have no idea this will work. If anyone want to see it, all that stuff. Yes. Even if you got. You know, I started writing when I was 30, and I'm now 68, and I think it was maybe five years ago that in a gentle intervention, some friends took me aside and said, you know, I think you ought to stop describing yourself as a new writer. (laughs) (laughs) But that was, you know, that was just such a comfortable place to be. I think that there's two things that uh, anyone going to Clarion should expect to have. One of them is uh, a new skill set or an increase in your skill set. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I will say that it's possible to go through Clarion and fight against the process, and in which case you will not acquire any new skills. But mm-hmm. it's very difficult to fight against the, the wisdom of your mentors and the press, peer pressure that you don't get something out of that because there's definitely skills to be added. And the other thing, punnily, is clarity. I think at the end of Clarion, or certainly in the immediate aftermath, you will have a sense of whether you are cut out to be a writer, or how much more you need to do to become a writer, or and, and I don't think you you will know what you know your career is going to be, but I think you will definitely have more of a that you didn't have when before you came to Clarion, and when you're getting rejection slips, or you never sent anything out, or any of that stuff. You'll have more of a uh, idea of the road you have to take as to you may not know where it's going to go but you'll definitely know things you need to do in order to try to get to where you want to go and and that's something that I think that lots of people who are floundering around before clearing that's why they want to go because maybe they're selling but they're not selling well maybe they're in mm-hmm. a rut or maybe they've never sold whatever it is Clarion will help you see what you need to do to get to where you want to would go would you say that clearing is not for everybody Sure. Absolutely. Who is it not for? Um, it is not. Uh, it is not for the terribly sensitive, thin okay, skin. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Fragile flowers. I, 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 the other thing I was thinking about, I talked to a young writer who I think is unpublished about Clarion, and I, because I've heard nothing but good good things about it, of course. And and this young fellow basically said, I have no interest in writing short fiction. I write 800-page fantasy. Well, there's that, for sure. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clarion is not a novel That's workshop. That's not going to work no. yeah. um, um, either. Yeah. And so, and some people get caught in a terrible mind uh, because Clarion is a short story workshop. You really mm-hmm. can't write a novel at Clarion. So if, and, and it's my belief that certain people are novelists and not short story writers. Mm-hmm. And so they may be caught by the mystique of Clarion and say, well, the way to have a career is to go to Clarion. But it turns out you're a novel writer and you write four or five failed stories that mm-hmm. are going nowhere. And you may decide, well, then I'm not a writer because I didn't do nothing at Clarion clicked. And, and in fact, you, you shouldn't have been doing that. But once again, that's a clarity thing. Mm-hmm. You, you may not know that. You, it's a hard price to pay, high price to pay to find out that you're not a short story writer, but Clarion will teach you that. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't teach you that you're not a writer, just that you may be not a short story writer. It certainly will be an um, easier experience if you have some level of social skill. <laughs> <laughs> but not necessarily. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. And possibly personal hygiene as well, I assume. <laughs> 